Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. This is my mom. Am I going to get paid for this? <laughs> and Glenn Leverens. This is Morning Air. That's how I know. <laughs> On Relevant yeah. Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Si, senor. Wake up, America. It's Tuesday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. Good morning to you, and welcome back to the final hour of Morning Air. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Leverens and our studio producer, Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for joining us here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app, wherever you may be across America and beyond. Today is also the memorial of St. Cyril and Methodius, the patrons of Europe. On Tuesdays, I always take a moment to uh, remember the guardian angels and remind you that each one of us has a guardian angel. So we should try to pray often to our guardian angel, asking these heavenly companions for help, especially when we need it the most. Now, in case for whatever reason uh, you uh, weren't with us uh, the last couple of days, I I just want to send a a huge hug on this Valentine's Day and a huge uh, thank you, heartfelt uh, thanks to all of our Relevant Radio family for yet another amazing uh, pledge drive. Uh, Give from the heart winner pledge drive last week. Thanks again for your incredible generosity. Uh, We can't do it without you, our listeners, we, we've said it so many times. The support was just unbelievable. We reached our goal of $3 million, and we did it uh, dramatically in the final minutes of the Drew Mariani show with about 12 minutes to go uh, on Friday. And uh, we've had uh, much more uh, support uh, since uh, Friday. So again, thank you to all of you, and uh, also uh, thank you for those of you who gave in honor of Our Lady of Lourdes and her intercession in your life. If you, again, if you didn't uh, participate last week for whatever reason, if you're out of the country, if uh, you just were just unable to be with us uh, during our pledge drive, you can still give from the heart and make a tax deductible donation by uh, calling us the old fashioned way, 877-291-0123. Or uh, you can give online at relevantradio.com or you can make your pledge uh, very easily on the Relevant Radio app. Want to bring in our morning air team once again, Glenn and Sarah. What are a few of the big stories, uh, Glenn, that you are keeping an eye on here this hour? I hate to wake the folks up with an ugly story once again, but a mass shooting this time at Michigan State University. Uh, Three people dead, five critically injured at this point. The gunman is dead. No word on a motive. A 43-year-old guy who turned his weapon on himself as police moved in. So the uh, threat has gone there, but still five in critical condition and and, uh, three dead already. Uh, Wasn't anyone related to the university, but uh, that's where it happened again at Michigan State. And they've canceled all activities for the next 48 hours, including a a Big Ten basketball game and more. Just a horrific situation. And uh, as uh, as we talked about last hour, um, you know, can you imagine uh, the fear, uh, how frightening it would be uh, for a college student uh, to get a, a text from the university that there is a, uh, a shooting on campus going on? Uh, it's got to be so tough uh, for anybody, but especially for college students uh, d- during a mass sh- shooting, active shooting situation. Well, I think our kids uh, of any age uh, pretty much have active shooter drills at school now in the same way we used to have, uh, you know, uh, bomb drills back in the day. And uh, speaking of 
UFOs or things falling from the sky. No word yet on uh, any recovery of any debris for those three recent shootdowns over the weekend of unidentified objects flying over Alaska, over Canada, and Michigan. Yeah, they are unidentified. Uh, in fact, uh, some <laughs> have gone as far as to describe them as possibly UFOs, but uh, still no really uh, you know, concrete information from the Biden administration. So we are still waiting uh, to find out exactly uh, uh, what the, these other uh, uh, objects were. We know the first one was a balloon, but we're just not sure. Uh, some were described as cylinders, uh, all, all different types of, of descriptions. Uh, Glenn. Well, I know that there's uh, all these different things that people are trying to do for Valentine's Day. I wonder if people are setting up different love messages up into the air and they're getting misconstrued as something that they're not. Wouldn't that be something if it was just somebody's Valentine that kind of got shot down? Man, that ruined that Valentine's oh, Day. man. <laughs> Can you imagine jet fighters? Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a Valentine heart-shaped, a large heart-shaped balloon, um, perhaps with a teddy bear attached to it. Might have to say something like, uh, "I'll be falling in love with you," and it'd be falling down to the ground as it got crashed. That was not the intended goal. Yeah, I'm, but, saying, I'm saying, "Well, oh, honey, I got you this big balloon, and I, I'm sorry the government shot it down." So I, you know, there's nothing likely nothing story, you. likely yeah. story. No one's gonna believe that. That's like dog ate your homework territory. <laughs> Well, today's supposed to be um, the day uh, that's considered the most romantic day of the year. Love is supposed to be in the air on this day. Uh, just uh, wondering, how are you guys celebrating uh, this Valentine's Day? Well, not so romantically uh, today. Sometimes as adults, we have to move some of those celebrations. Today, we've got a, uh, an ordination for the Diocese of, of St. Cloud, Minnesota. Uh, Patrick Neary will be uh, ordained and installed as the, the new bishop there this afternoon. That'll be a, a great and, uh, and beautiful thing as well. And some relevant radio familiar voices will be there, including Archbishop Hebda from St. Paul, Minneapolis, and, and Bishop Walk of Tallahassee, Pensacola, who's uh, joined us many times through the years as well. Had a chance to chat with him a little bit last night. And then there's some discipleship training tonight and so hopefully there's some patience coming along with one of those uh, those big balloons uh, for, for mrs leverett <laughs> well i just said that it's a tba to be announced when we're actually going to be support uh, having this holiday there sometimes you, you have yep. to do that with these there kinds of go. things you have to kind of move them to a more convenient date because after all this is uh, this just because it's the card shops say it's valentine's day doesn't mean you can't be romantic any time of the day but john i know That's your right. wife has very specific uh, needs for valentine's so what are those? Well, first of all, she loves uh, flowers. And then, let me just share a little funny story. Last Friday after the pledge drive, as promised, I said that if we reached our goals uh, during uh, the morning air hours that I would buy a dozen roses uh, for each hour that we hit our goal. So I went and bought two dozen roses for those two hours. And I was waiting in line to pay for the roses. And it occurred to me as the, there was a fireman standing next to me, it occurred to me, my goodness, I'm not buying these for my wife. I'm buying these for another woman. I was actually buying them <laughs> to honor Our Lady of Lourdes, um, whose feast day was on Saturday. So, uh, which of course reminded me, I've got to buy some for my wife. But I, I always wait till the last minute because I want fresh flowers. I don't want them to look bad. So yeah, that sounds uh, like a likely after the story. show, you I want will. Them fresh. Uh, 
be yeah. picking up uh, some flowers uh, as per the usual and uh, and heading uh, home uh, later today. We're going to have our, our usual uh, Valentine's Day uh, fancy dinner. She likes to do the fancy dinner at home, candlelight, soft music. Um, we do it at home instead of being stuck out in restaurants. So you, you make her this nice fancy dinner, then you make her this beautiful dinner, John? That's really cool. Uh, actually, uh, believe it or not, our Joseph is, is quite a little uh, chef in the making. He's, he's, he's become quite a cook, so uh, he, he, he gets a, a big assist. Well, there cool you go. mac and cheese for you guys. Very good. <laughs> no, actually, salmon is on the on the uh, wow. on the menu here. Okay, well, we're gonna have to uh, get a review of this meal and tomorrow. lava cakes. Okay, Can't forget the dessert. Good. That's oh. good. Yeah, yeah no. good. we probably are gonna try to go for the the heart shaped pizza because I got some dough. We can do some kneading, and uh, my one good. son does like to try to get in there. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> and uh, you know, you can always you know with the pepperoni spell out a message. So we'll see maybe if we get a little creative there and uh, have. Have a little fun with that, but it's a little family Valentine's Day, and I don't know if we have any, you know, we want to do too much with candles, maybe some birthday candles, because that's not going to start a fire, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so there are many ways uh, to celebrate, and uh, again, we're going to talk about it and break it open here momentarily with our uh, very own uh, love expert, our loveologist, uh, Martha Fernandez-Sardina, who's standing by to join us here momentarily. As always, uh, thanks uh, so much, uh, Glenn and Sarah. Hey, sure thing, John. We always begin every hour in prayer here on Morning Air, always giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn, and patroness of Relevant Radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of Relevant Radio, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit here on the show when we pray, Come, Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, I trust in you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our number, once again, if you want to be part of the program, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Morning Air Show, and you can always send us an email directly, morningair at relevantradio.com. And now, let's talk about love. What do you get when you fall in love? to burst your bubble. I love it. Today, people across America and around the world celebrate Valentine's Day, giving and receiving signs of love from the classroom to the bedroom in what's become now a 20 to 27 billion dollar industry in the U.S. alone. But what exactly are we celebrating on this day and why do we celebrate? And uh, what are you to do if you've been heartbroken and decided that uh, you'll never fall in love again? Joining us live this morning is our resident lovologist and hope-filled 
love evangelizer Martha Fernandez Sardina to share some of her thoughts on the history and purpose of Valentine's Day and uh, what we might uh, do uh, to uh, love like a Valentine. Martha is an international bilingual speaker, the former director of evangelization for the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. and San Antonio. She's also the founder of RememberYouAreLoved.com. How appropriate for this day. Good morning, Martha. Thanks so much uh, for being with us. It is great to be with you once again. Happy Valentine's Day. Good morning. Happy Valentine's to you, too. And I think that having a chef at home, no matter how young, is a great thing. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, it, you know, I'm telling you, he's becoming quite a little cook. And so uh, in the past, he's also served as kind of like the maitre d' and the butler, and the, uh, I started to say the butler, <laughs> the, the waiter, uh, you know, bringing us water and making sure everything is, is working uh, uh, beautifully uh, for our traditional sit-down uh, Valentine's Day uh, fancy dinner at home. I think that's great because you're also teaching him what it means to be in love. Absolutely. Well, speaking of love, you are the loveologist. And so tell us, Martha, what is um, Valentine's or St. Valentine's Day? And why is it uh, so widely celebrated, not just in this country, but all over the world? Well, it's a real celebration of love, romantic love, parental love, filial love, and love of friendship. And in many countries, it is, in fact, called St. Valentine's Day, and we'll see in a moment why. It's, uh, it's such a great celebration uh, in many ways because loving is the most basic human desire and human inclinations. We see that clearly in babies. We're inclined to love babies. Babies are inclined to love us back. And we all need love and we all want love. And we were all made for love. We were made to give love and to receive love. And unless there's something fundamentally flawed in us, something really broken at the core of who we are in our personality, like a serious personality disorder, or if evil is residing within us, that is the most natural thing. We want to give love, we want to receive love. And so a day like today reminds us that we all want it, uh, and it invites us to express that need, that desire, that love to one another openly. And, and there are various customs and traditions around the world and throughout the ages, from cards and candy and flowers to popping a bottle of champagne and even popping the question on a bended knee. Um, if you're getting uh, married, if you live in the Philippines, you might be getting married today because there's a huge government-sponsored marriage ceremony in the Philippines, uh, a program that assists couples who want to get married but don't have the means to pay for a traditional. Shout out to our friends that. in the Philippines. I know we have uh, a lot of uh, English-speaking uh, Filipino relevant radio listeners. So anybody out there in the Philippines, uh, special hello and uh, happy Valentine's Day. Absolutely. And they might be getting married with a whole bunch of other people. Now, if you live in South Africa, you might be wearing uh, your heart on your sleeve, literally, uh, with the name of the not-so-secret object of your affection, because that's what they do in South Africa, apparently. In Chile, uh, there's like a whole week uh, around uh, Valentine's where they decorate shops and malls and streets with balloons and flowers. Uh, in Taiwan, you might receive a bouquet of exactly 108 roses, and that means that somebody is asking you to marry them. Uh, it, the Irish uh, many times make a pilgrimage to the shrine uh, or the uh, church of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, where uh, some relics of St. Valentine reside. 
though his skull was actually found in the Roman catacombs uh, in the 1800s, if I'm not mistaken. And in several countries in Latin America today is El Día de la Amistad y del Amor, the day of love and friendship. And so people express their love and friendship. As a matter of fact, I got in the mail just on time a sign of great friendship <clears throat> from a good friend of mine from San Antonio. <clears throat> Excuse me. She sent me, she sends me the most beautiful cards, my friend Patsy. And uh, this one came with a wooden ornament that says, you are loved in a heart shape. It's a heart shape uh, uh, ornament. And inside she said, this card had your name all over it, dearest Martha, happy Valentine. So I love it. And uh, I think it's a great day for all of us to celebrate human connections and friendships and lasting love and marriage, uh, even if today has become a billion dollar, a billion with a B dollar industry that sells us love and sometimes lust, lingerie and cookies and chocolates and card and dining and dancing. We can still keep our eyes fixed on love. There's no question. Love is in the air. It's supposed to be the most romantic day of the year. Uh, I know that you are of Dominican uh, descent. Uh, what is uh, your uh, favorite out of all of these traditions? Well, I remember um, growing up, I grew up between the uh, U.S. and the Dominican Republic, but uh, here and there, um, you know, the children at school and even in high school, you know, you'd give uh, each other little cards and, and stuff like that. But I received already when I was in high school, there was uh, many uh, young men who would send me roses, a dozen roses, uh, chocolates, things like that. I love roses. Um, but yeah, I, I think just the fact that it's for us, it's also in the Dominican Republic to this day. It is El Día de la Amistad y del Amor, so uh, a day of friendship and love. So expressing love to your friends, your family, and of course, uh, those who are married, expressing their love to one another in those particular ways, which, by the way, is very crucial to the whole story of St. Valentine's marriage. Well, speaking of uh, St. Valentine's, can you tell us what we know about uh, uh, Valentine or St. Valentine? Well, there might be uh, possibly more than one historical figure because they speak about the Roman priest, and then sometimes you find details about a bishop of Terni in Italy also. Um, but it also might be that the two stories are about the same man. But this is the one that um, we know the most about and is most probable, which is that he was a Roman priest and a physician uh, and a love giver. And I like to say a love evangelizer or a love evangelizer, as we'll see in a moment. He is uh, the patron saint of engaged couples and of lovebirds and of lovers. And I like to think that we are all lovers, that we're all called to love. And uh, he has become an example of our call to live a, a life uh, lived in love, given over to God and neighbor and poured out to others in a variety of ways. And the story is that uh, the emperor Claudius issued edicts against helping Christians. You couldn't help Christians. It was against the law. And he also uh, issued a decree forbidding marriage in his desire to increase the number of troops for his army uh, by having more single men available. Um, he thought single men were better soldiers than married men uh, who were committed to a wife and family. And so Valentine defied that decree and he urged and he aided young couples uh, to come secretly to receive the sacrament of uh, holy matrimony um, and so when he was discovered, the emperor had Valentine arrested and brought to him, and he tried to convert him to Roman paganism. But Valentine held on to his faith and uh, steadfastly, and he tried to convert Claudius to Christianity. That's why I say he's a love angelizer. 
and the emperor uh, then condemned them to death. So while he was in prison, his jailer, Asterius, and his blind daughter tended to Valentine. And that kind young woman uh, would bring him food and messages and a friendship developed. And uh, toward the end of his imprisonment, before his execution, St. Valentine had converted both the jailer and his daughter, Julia, to Christianity. And tradition has it that uh, through Valentine, she actually miraculously regained her eyesight. So here we see a lover, an evangelizer, and a healer through the grace of God. And, and here comes that custom of the Valentine cards and the notes. On the eve of his execution, Valentine, the priest, wrote a farewell note to encourage Julia to stay close to Jesus and to thank her for his friendship. And he affectionately signed it from your Valentine. So imagine that, John, 17, uh, 1,700, 500 years later, we still have that phrase, be my Valentine. And we have in the martyrology that he died in the year 273 AD. And it says uh, that uh, the heavenly birthday of the blessed martyr Valentine, a priest, after performing many miraculous cures and giving much wise counsel, he was beaten and beheaded under Claudius Caesar. So we can be lovers and we can be saints and even martyr saints if we really, really want to love deeply. Thank you for uh, the very comprehensive uh, historical uh, uh, perspective on uh, the origin of uh, St. Valentine. You know, very few people, I'm sure, uh, even think of uh, that history uh, when they walk into a, uh, a Walgreens or a CVS and see uh, all the balloons and the flowers and the chocolates and the roses. Uh, it all goes back uh, to uh, this uh, Roman priest. It's pretty amazing. It is. It is. And it's something to think about because loving and falling in love is not easy, which is why a lot of people will sing that song like we just heard at the top of the show. Sometimes we just don't want to fall in love again. Well, Martha, I want to invite uh, our listeners. We're going to take a, a short break. Uh, if you want to share how you plan on spending Valentine's Day with uh, uh, your significant other, uh, what this day means to, to you, why it's such a, a beautiful thing uh, to take a, a day out of the year and uh, and celebrate love uh, for you lovebirds out there. Our number, once again, 888-914-9149. We're taking your calls for our resident loveologist, uh, Martha Fernandez Sardina, the founder of RememberYouAreLoved.com. Again, 888-914-9149. There is much more to come on the other side. Forevermore. And forevermore. That's how you stay. That's how you stay. That's why, darling, it's incredible. I hope my wife Cindy is listening. That was our first dance from our wedding party. My goodness. Thank you, Sarah. 
brings a tear to my eye. Welcome back to Morning Air here on this Valentine's Day on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm John Morales. Thanks for joining us as we continue talking about love. Love like a Valentine. We've been talking all about a historical perspective and the meaning of this day with our good friend, our very own Catholic evangelist and lovologist, the founder of RememberYouAreLove.com, Martha Fernandez Sardina. If you want to chime in and be part of the conversation, if you have anything you'd like to share with us about how you're going to celebrate Valentine's Day, 888-914-9149. Martha, let's talk about some of the positives, some of the good things that come from having one day dedicated to love like today, Valentine's Day. Well, for Christians, of course, the focus ought to be on uh, wholesome, fun-loving delight in others and in life uh, with a real eye on expanding our capacity uh, for love, our capacity to love generously and genuinely, to love selflessly, uh, purely, daily, like God, uh, like Valentine. Uh, And it's a day for us to show and tell people who often forget remember you are loved. And we can do that through many ways. Like I said, I just got that uh, card in the mail. I sent out several cards in the mail. Um, and uh, we do that. We get together with friends, or certainly with our spouses, uh, with our children. It's a day to remind ourselves and one another that life depends on love, that we can't survive and we can't thrive without love. And it, it's a day to kind of jumpstart our love life if it's been uh, kind of on, on, on the, on the, on the mm, diminishing end, if you will. It's a day for us to more clearly and publicly even show our love uh, for others, that we are men and women who love, who strive to love, that we have made a commitment to will and procure the good of another, which is uh, the definition of love uh, by St. Uh, Thomas Aquinas, that we delight in others, that we delight in seeing them happy, and growing in holiness and hopefully walking toward heaven, uh, which is the ultimate happiness and and the goal of all of our lives. And so for us, it's a day to uh, rekindle marital romance, uh, which sometimes kind of falls by the wayside. Um, Even if you're surrounded by a lot of children with a heart-shaped pizza, (laughs) Uh, and it's a day for us to renew our friendships and uh, a day to have a little fun too, right? Even in schools where children learn how to share and express and give signs of affection and friendship and uh, that nascent teenage love with classmates. I imagine there'll be a lot of high schoolers today um, who will, you know, be exchanging that look at, uh, you know, other uh, kids, uh, you know, at the girl or the boy. So it's a day for us, John, to focus on love, but to be reminded that it's not about one day, it's about our entire life, all year round, and above all, the love of God that has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is my Valentine. He's the one who teaches me, even beyond St. Valentine, how to love until death and beyond death. Amen to that. And, uh, you know, really, when you think about it, that's the end game. We are to become people of love. I forget which saint was it that said that, that uh, that is our goal, to become people of love. And uh, St. Paul reminds us that we can have all the virtues. Uh, If we don't have love, we really have nothing. That's exactly right. We are to become lovers and to love like Jesus. 
Martha, what are some of the challenges uh, that uh, a day like like today, um, a day dedicated to romantic love, and a day that's become so uh, commercialized, uh, and uh, you know, there's so much uh, emphasis on the sexual intimacy aspect. Well, yes, it's become commercialized. Um, Twenty or twenty-seven billion dollars are spent. Can you believe that in the United States alone? on uh, gifts and cards and, and uh, flowers and so forth. And uh, yeah, a lot of times it's, it's become uh, overly sexualized. And so on a day like today on Valentine's, we run the risk of trivializing, tri- trivializing or um, overly sexualizing or minimizing or limiting uh, love to one aspect or dimension uh, as important as marital intimacy is and it is. And that's another thing we need to remind ourselves that Valentine, St. Valentine, he helped couples come together in the sacrament of holy matrimony. And that is the end of marital love and of sexual love and of uh, romantic love. It's to be um, lead up to holy matrimony and in holy matrimony to become saints. So that's one of the challenges to um, divorce, if you will, to play with words, uh, romantic and sexual love from marriage, which is where it's meant to be. So uh, love is more than just romance and sexual intimacy. Uh, It's meant to be healthy and holy. Uh, And uh, so that's one of the challenges. Another thing is that not to grow up thinking and to continue thinking that love is about gifts and getting uh, it's it's about giving ourselves to others. And love is more than a feeling of the heart also, which is something that it's a challenge. A lot of times people think that it's just a feeling of the heart uh, when above all love is the nature and the greatest attribute of God. And it's a decision of the will and it's a commitment of the entire person. As the Lord himself tells us in Mark uh, 1230, that we are to love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself, again, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So those are the challenges posed by today, along with the beautiful things that a day like today can do to jumpstart our love life. There's so much uh, that we can ponder and and learn uh, from a day like today, whether or not uh, we actually uh, are uh, somebody's uh, Valentine or not. That is right. That is correct. And uh, it's a day uh, in which each of us can learn um, and and kind of renew our appreciation for our vocation, uh, our vocation to love and our mission to love, to take seriously the new commandment, the law of love of God and neighbor that I just um, quoted and uh, which sums up Jesus as the law and the prophet. So if you're loving fully, deeply, peerless, purely selflessly, generously, genuinely, you are fulfilling the most important law of the Lord. And it's challenging, uh, especially when it's not uh, reciprocated, right? When you're not loved back uh, in family and marriage, uh, parents, children, friends, etc. And uh, we're tempted (laughs) to never fall in love again. But as the song itself says, just until tomorrow, right? (laughs) So um, ask yourself that question, has my heart been broken? Or why is it that I fear falling in love again. Sometimes that happens even in marriage, John, where uh, the couple can be living together, uh, but not really in love. Um, and a lot of times we're very hurt by children or parents or friends, and we don't want to fall in that kind of love again. We don't want to have friendships again. Uh, but we need to focus on the fact that love brings a lot of warmth and a lot of life 
to life. And it gives us a sense of belonging and a sense of meaning and of goodness and grace and companionship and love. And of course, it brings also heartaches and pain. As the Lord himself told us, uh, he said, even to those who give up everything, mother, father, houses and everything, he said, we will receive a hundred times as much in the present age, brothers, mothers, uh, sisters, brothers, children, farms, etc., along with persecutions. <laughs> so it, it does bring some pain to love, but that also purifies us. And so uh, don't let, I want to encourage those of you who have your heart broken, don't let the disappointment and the heartbreak uh, become permanent, make it temporary, and, and make sure that you uh, receive the love of God in your heart. And for those of you who might have had a failed marriage and might be divorced, uh, that's not the end of life. And for those of you who might be in a second marriage and have not inquired with the church about the validity of the first or the nullity of the first marriage, I encourage you to approach your pastor, to approach your diocese and ask about the process of uh, annulment, uh, because you might be uh, happily married in the church again. As a friend of mine, after many years, she and her husband uh, realized that the first marriages were not valid, and now they are happily married in the church, and that makes me happy too. Uh, Martha, final minute, um, your thoughts. Uh, what would you say to somebody uh, who may not uh, be getting uh, flowers or chocolates or, or cards or any gifts? They're not going out to dinner. They might not even be getting a hug or a kiss uh, at the end of the day on, on this day. I'd say to you especially, remember you are loved. You are loved by God who is the ultimate Valentine. You are loved by him. Reach out to the people around you. Reach out, fill up your love tank in other ways. Go to the Eucharist today. Spend uh, some time in prayer with Jesus who loves you through and through. And be a lover like Jesus. Well, it's it's a beautiful thing, uh, and obviously uh, we have a lot to be grateful for, especially our loved ones uh, on uh, this day. Uh, Martha, as always, thank you so much. Uh, feliz Dia del Amor to you. Gracias, igualmente. Uh, get a lover and be a lover and find me at rememberyouarelove.com. And remember, you are love. And so are you. Martha Fernandez Sardina, the founder of rememberyouarelove.com. We need to take a, a short break when Morning Air continues. Catholic apologist William Albrecht uh, will be with us uh, to talk about some of the common objections to our faith. Stay with us. There is much more to come. You must remember this A kiss is just a kiss A sigh is just a sigh The fundamental things apply As time goes Love is in the air From that beautiful film, Casablanca. Welcome back to Morning Air. Happy St. Valentine's Day. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for tuning in here on this Tuesday morning on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. In case uh, you are just joining us or you missed us talking about it on Monday or earlier on the show this morning, I want to just send one more huge heartfelt thank you to you, our Relevant Radio family, for yet another simply a 
amazing Give From the Heart Winter Pledge Drive last week. Thank you again for your unbelievable generosity. It was uh, it was incredible support. We did reach our goal of $3 million in the final minutes. It was the final 12 minutes. I was actually looking at the clock of the Drew Mariani Show last Friday with Father Rocky and Mike Kendall on hand. What an exciting moment it was. Uh, thank you uh, to all of you who gave in honor of our Lady of Lourdes and our Blessed Mother's intercession in your life. Thank you. Thank you again. Uh, if you missed last week's uh, Pledge Drive party for whatever reason, uh, if you were out of the country on vacation, whatever the reason, uh, you can still give from the heart and make a tax-deductible donation by calling 877-291-0123 or online at relevantradio.com or by making a pledge through the Relevant Radio app. I want to uh, shift gears here and talk about uh, defending our faith. I think it's super important for all of us as Catholic Christians to be able to give a reasonable explanation for what we believe, as 1 Peter 3.15 reminds us. I recently spoke to our good friend, morning air contributor and Catholic convert, uh, resident apologist William Albrecht, uh, about uh, common objections to our Catholic faith. Uh, Here is my conversation with William. One of the most common objections that we hear from uh, many of our evangelical and Protestant friends, uh, uh, and uh, this is the the, uh, the question, the Bible says that we are saved by faith alone. So why do you Catholics think that you are saved by your works? Can you give us just a, a, a brief a recap of what we started to talk about last time? Absolutely. You frequently hear that argument coming from our evangelical friends, and John, and the reason being is they will read Romans chapter 3 in a very unique way. Now, by unique way, we mean in the way that was originated by Martin Luther. Because Romans 3 is very clear, and particularly Romans 3.28, which says that we are justified by faith apart from works, but works of the law. Now, the very clear thing is we need to realize, well, what are works of the law? And as we continue reading the scriptures over and over, we find that works of the law are talking about those old covenant laws from the Old Testament. And it's very clear once we come into the New Testament, we're under the new covenant. In fact, right there in Romans 3, it tells you right in the very same passages that we're now under a different law. So we're no longer under the law of Moses because we're now under the new covenant. It says we're under the law of faith. And the law of faith that's Romans, all of Romans 2 encompasses and tells us that law of faith is a walking in faith. And it includes love, doing charitable good works to our, to our fellow Christians and even those that are non-believers to help evangelize to them and bring them to the faith. It's a whole walk in faith. And that really is what justification is. For people that are wondering, well, you know, William and John, well, what do you mean by justification? Well, really, the root of it is justice. We are made just in God's eyes. That means we are saved. And to be saved in the Catholic Church, we believe, of course, you must be baptized. We believe that baptism now saves you, as 1 Peter 3 tells you very clearly. Baptism saves you. But then it's a walk. It is a growth. It is a growth in holiness, in sanctification throughout your whole life. As St. Paul tells you, John, we, we have a race to run, and we are looking forward to that crown. He tells us this in 1 Corinthians nine twenty seven. That crown 
is the crown of salvation. So we're not saved by faith alone, because it's a very different thing to say saved by faith apart from works of the law, and a different thing to say faith alone, because we believe we're saved by faith. But of course, the Bible, the only time it ever said faith alone, John, is when it's disparaging that very idea in James 2 and saying we're justified by works and not by faith alone. Because as you know very well, John, even the demons believe, as the Bible tells us. Absolutely. And a couple of key points. First of all, faith alone never was in the original scriptures. It was not in Romans 3. Dr. Martin Luther actually added the word alone to the German translation. So that's not part of the scriptures. And then the other thing is, is that it seems like they're grouping all types of works together, both the works of the Old Testament, of the Mosaic law and the uh, the grace works that we're encouraged to do, you know, faith working through love that St. Paul talks about. Without a doubt, and that really is quite problematic because then it becomes an issue of, well, if you're going to be grouping all works together, well, you have a major problem because not all work is the same. Works of the law are what are being condemned. It's very clear. Good works are not, and indeed the Gospel of St. John tells us, John, it says, this is the only work that God wants to... In fact, let me read, I will read directly from a Protestant version, the New King James Version. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. So it's very clear. Good works are not condemned. They are the works of the law. And you, you made a great point there, John. I think people need to really realize it. Before Martin Luther, the word alone, allein in the German, didn't exist in any German translation. So we had the Coburg Bible in German, which was uh, very popular in Germany, and multiple other Bibles throughout history. None of them were so audacious to add the word alone to Romans 3. So why the necessity from Dr. Martin Luther... To add that word, well, I'm going to tell you why, John, because his theology could not be extrapolated from Romans 3 with that word lacking. So he added it, and he acknowledged he added it, and as theologians and scholars recognize, nobody before him ever added that German word, and that really, we have to say, that is quite problematic, because that is not in the Greek text either. And William, full disclosure, you used to be an evangelical, and so you came to the realization uh, that this doctrine of, of sola fide, of faith alone, along with sola scriptura, scripture alone, neither one of them are found in scripture. Neither one of them, John, and I, I came to this realization, and it, it really was a shocker for me. And I, I remember when I began digging deeper and deeper and reading what the early church fathers had to say, I said, okay, look. I still have problems with this, with multiple other things within Catholicism. But hey, the problems are not with the faith. There was me and my problems of not being able to reconcile them. If the whole of the early church, those that were taught and trained by the apostles and their disciples believed what Catholics believe, well, the problem was mine. And I said, I've got to dig in deeper. And the deeper I dug in, John, I could no longer remain a Reformed Protestant, and I had to come home 
And there's not one day that I have regret coming home since I became Catholic. Another uh, of the common objections is uh, why do Catholics call priests father when Matthew 23, 9 says, call no man on this earth father. Um, You have but one father in heaven. How do you answer that objection? Yeah, that's an objection that you you hear it very often. Really, unfortunately, you look in 1 Corinthians 4, 15, and St. Paul right there is very clear that we do have spiritual fathers on earth. And in fact, we're even told that Moses is the father of the believers. So multiple areas in Scripture, the term father is used in a proper context. So you've got to stop and wonder, okay, well, well why, why, can, why does the Bible say to call no man your father? Well, it really depends on the context. So what is the context? It is those Jews that were trying to go against the new law of faith, and they were trying to put themselves in the place of our true heavenly father by opposing the teachings of the faith. In that very context, we are told, call no man on earth father in that sense. But if you look at the way father is used, we even hear that Paul is a father to Timothy. Over and over, father and spiritual father are utilized in proper context. So it really is important because here's the most important thing. What does 1 Corinthians 4 say? Even if you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. But for in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel, St. Paul says. So there are proper ways of utilizing father in that sense. But of course, there are negative ways as well, because if people try to abuse, as Matthew 23 says, try to abuse the term father, that is what is condemned. Why does the Catholic Church obligate uh, Sunday worship when the third commandment says that we must keep holy the Sabbath, which is on Saturday? What do you say to those folks? Yeah, that's a great question, John. And it comes up quite often. We, And really, they are well-intentioned individuals that really seem to be a bit confused. So they'll say, well, look, well, you never have anywhere in the Bible where the Sabbath is ever changed. So you, what's going on? We, we should still be following the Sabbath. Well, the Bible's very clear. And that means that, sure, you can say the Sabbath has remained and the Catholic Church didn't change the Sabbath. That's very clear. But the day of worship, that has changed. And the day of worship becomes the Lord's day. We're no longer under the Old Covenant. Now, how do we know that the Sabbath is no longer the Lord's Day? In fact, the Sabbath really is the only day that is uh, observed by uh, the the nation of Israel. But the Christians don't observe the Sabbath anymore. We observe the Lord's Day. And it becomes very clear in 1 Corinthians 16, 2, where Paul is going to churches to gather up uh, donations, to gather up uh, offerings. And in 1 Corinthians 16, 2, he says, on the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper, so that contributions need not be made when I come. So the early Christian community, already by the time we get to the time of Christ, are gathering on Sundays, and that's because of the resurrection of Christ. We read that in Mark 16, where it says, And very early, on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. Sunday, and they find the tomb empty. He's bodily risen from the dead. Sunday becomes the Lord's Day. Revelation 1, St. John on Patmos, on the island of Patmos in Revelation 1, 
tells us about a day. There was a day, and that day was the Lord's day. He tells you right there, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. So our day of worship, our day of worshiping the Lord is the Lord's day, is Sunday now. We no longer observe that Sabbath. As Christ has come, he has fulfilled the law, and now this is the Lord's Day, John. And let me add one other thing, John. We have so much more evidence in the Bible, but the early church fathers are massively unanimous on this point. And I'm talking about the early church fathers before we even get into the 100s, John. They recognize the Lord's Day is Sunday. Great stuff, and that was my conversation with our resident Catholic apologist, William Albrecht. And now it's time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. And we've got a Valentine's Day favorite for you today, our story called Not a One. Little Chad was a shy, quiet young man. One day he came home and told his mom he'd like to make a Valentine for everyone in his class. Her heart sank, she thought, I wish you wouldn't do that, because she'd watched the children when they'd walked home from school. Her Chad was always behind them. They laughed and hung on to each other and talked to each other, but Chad was never included. Nevertheless, she decided she'd go along with her son, so she purchased the paper and glue and crayons, and for three weeks, night after night, Chad painstakingly made 35 Valentines. Valentine's Day dawned, and Chad was beside himself with excitement. He carefully stacked them up, put them in a bag, and bolted out the door. His mother decided to bake him his favorite cookies and serve them nice and warm with a cool glass of milk. When he came home from school, she just knew that he'd be disappointed and maybe that would ease the pain a little. It hurt her to think he wouldn't get many valentines, maybe none at all. That afternoon, she had the cookies and milk on the table. When she heard the children outside, she looked out the window. Sure enough, here they came, laughing and having the best time. And as always, there was Chad in the rear. He walked a little faster than usual. She fully expected him to burst into tears as soon as he got inside. His arms were empty, she noticed, and when the door opened, she choked back the tears. Honey, I have some cookies and milk for you, she said, but he hardly heard her words. He just marched right on by, his face glowing. All he could say was, not a one, not a one. His mother's heart sank at first, but then she noticed a huge smile on his face as he added, I didn't forget a one, not a single one. Philippians 2.3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. As always, thanks so much, Glenn. Try to get the daily Mass if you can, and pray the Family Rosary Across America with Father Rocky, 7 p.m. Central tonight and every night of the week here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And that'll do it for uh, this Tuesday edition of Morning Air for Glenn Levers, producer Sarah Tafoya, Gabby Burke, our entire Morning Air team. I'm John Morales. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to say, I love you. Happy Valentine's Day. Let your light shine before all. God bless America. We'll see you Wednesday on the next Morning Air.